0: Good afternoon to all listeners of the NDC Heartbeat Program in the Tri-Island State of Grenada, which includes and Pity Martinique, and indeed all our dependencies. Good afternoon also to individuals listening throughout the region and internationally. Our program time today is from 12 through 1. Today I'm pleased to be your host, and my name is Terry Forrester. For today's program, we are pleased to share with you excerpts of an interview held with Mr. Tevin Andrews, the NDC caretaker for Caracou and Petey Martinique, which he held with the GBN. We will then also share with you are excerpts of the demonstration held by the trades union on the demand made for their agreed 4% increase in salary for teachers and other public servants. We will also feature a full statement from the PRO of the party, Miss Claudia Joseph, on the recent statement made by Prime Minister Mitchell on Independence Day regarding the establishment of a social fund. And finally, we will talk about the electricity blackout yesterday morning. That's your program for today. Please stay tuned and do have a happy Valentine's Day. Tuesday last, Mr. Tevin Andrew, the NDC caretaker representative for Caracou and Pitimartinique, Martinique, held an extensive interview with the GBN. It was most interesting, and um, we have decided to share excerpts of that interview with you for your edification as to what is happening in Caracou and Pitimartinique. Martinique. Stay tuned. This
1: morning as our guest is NDC's caretaker for Karaku and P.T. Martinique, Tevin Andrews. Good morning, Mr. Andrews. How art thou?
2: Good morning, Blossom. I'm doing well. And of course, good morning to your listeners. And well, wherever they are, on Radio Land or on, on television, pleasant good morning.
1: Happy to and have you.
2: Of course, Happy Independence!
1: Thank you very much. Many happy returns. 473 strong. Um, this morning, Tevin, before we get into um, national matters, uh, the sister islands, as well as the rest of the state, we're dealing with the death of a former parliamentary representative of Caraco and P.T. Martinique, former attorney general, uh, Mr. Elvin Nimrod. Uh, can you give us an idea of the atmosphere on the sister isles as the news started spreading over the weekend of his passing?
2: Well, obviously, but first of all, let me say um, my sympathies to um, the family, friends, and supporters of uh, Mr. Nimrod. Um, I, 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 anyone who has the balls, to put it that way, quote-unquote, to step up to serve his or her country um, ought to be commended. I, it's not an easy task. To make that sacrifice, in some cases, you sacrifice time with your family and your livelihood and every other and a lot of other things. Um, so he must be commended for the, for stepping up to serve. Um, obviously, a lot of people are saddened by by the passing of Mister Nimer. I want to take this opportunity to, you know, may the good Lord guide his soul and may he rest in peace. Uh, interestingly, a lot of people may not know that. When Mr. Nimrod left New York to come down to Karaku to start his political career, he actually came down to run for the NDC. And whatever happened, he decided to go independent instead. And he ran the first time, I think in 95, there about 94, 95, he lost as an independent candidate. Joined the NNP after, shortly after in 97, and became a senator. And then ran again for the ran this time for the NNP and he won. The NNP should be very indebted to Mr. Uh, nimrod because back in those days, NNP was not a household name or oh, NNP was a bitter taste in the mouth of the people of Kara Kwampi, Matnik back then. If NNP got 200 votes, it was a lot back in those days. Mr. nimrod came and he changed that for them. And from then 1999 up to today, the NNP is strong here because of Mr. Nimrod. So he has served in the political arena <clears throat> and nationally as a government minister. So he must be commended for what level of service that, that he gave. Despite us being um, you know, on different political sides, and we may before um, on, on policies in terms of the we, we forward in terms of certain policies. We must commend him for, for the steps and the rules that he played in the country's development.
1: What would you say is probably the greatest thing that he has done for the sister islands, whether serving as the parliamentary representative or after his retirement prior to his uh, coming on board with the NDC and or NNP, uh, what would you say has been his greatest accomplishment for Karakom Piti Martinik and the state?
2: Well, Mr. Ibra has done a lot. Um, I, you know, he as many other members of parliament in the past. They have, did their fair share. Uh, one of the things that you must commend Mr. Nimrod for is that he ensured that whatever that what that was happening in Greater happened also in Carakou and Piggy Magnick. Uh, he fought a great deal for the sister isles. In some instances, um not to to, to much people, not to much people desire, but I would say one of the things that I, I would rem- remember him for is that he would always stand up for the people of Karakan matnik whether it's in the cabinet or it's in parliament, or wherever, he always tried to solicit support for the people of Karakan matnik And also, I think one of the, the things that he has done is to bring the Ministry of Karakou and Matnik. Matnick uh, under his leadership that came, because there was no Ministry of Karakou and Piti so under, under his leadership that came to serve the people here.
1: May he rest in peace. And again, condolences yes. to those who would mourn Mr. Nimrod's passing. Um, Tevin, during this time, it's February, and this is the month where we celebrate Grenada's independence. In 2021, we're celebrating with a difference because of COVID-19 and the protocols in place. Um, But Mm -hmm. the little celebrations that we were able to have speak to what took place on the sister islands and what it did for bringing us together um, and recognizing national pride and national unity.
2: Well, in Caracol there wasn't much... um Festiv- well, it wasn't a, as business as usual because we didn't have any celebration or anything of that sort. But there was a few events in the church service and, and, and so on. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much um, activities in which relates to Independence. Um, I think it, it all happened on a national scale in, 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 in
1: Um And this time of year as well is usually when the sister islands put on the um, the revelry and gear up for Kayak Mass 2021. Uh, it has been cancelled again because of COVID-19. Um,
2: very unfortunate, very unfortunately so.
1: Listen, if I that can't,
2: carnival if I can't have Spice Mass...
1: If I can well, spice mass, no caracma.
2: I don't know about spice mass. <laughs> I, I have, what I'm interested in is caracu mass. <laughs> of course, because of COVID-19, I don't expect us to, to continue doing the things we we were doing in terms of having, having big mega um, events where a lot of people have to gather. But there are certain things that you can do to scale down the caracu carnival to ensure that it happens. Especially when it comes to giving um, young artists or the artists uh, a platform to, to, to show off their creativity and so forth. Um, I think that should happen. We In 2020, Blossom, though the COVID struck then, there was events happening. You had the Soka cancalypso and Calypso and so on. It wasn't canceled. It was scaled down. Likewise, the similar thing could have happened here on the Sister Isles. You could have had a virtual calypso and Soka competition. You could have a virtual Shakespeare mass competition among the villages and so on, instead of cancelling everything, as a, you know, and, and, and allowing people to become creative um, so that more, better ideas and what I'm suggestions that what I'm giving could, could, could be realized and Caracol Carnival and the culture and the artists and the art form um, will, will be able to sustain itself and, and grow and blossom. Yeah, that is, that is what, <laughs> that's what I believe that needed to happen instead of the cancellation of it. It just goes to show that we have no leadership and we, we, we really have people that, that lack vision and ideas. So I was very, I was very saddened by it. You know, we ought to give our, 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 the, the, our musicians and artists a chance. What was even more sad? What is even more sad? Is that I haven't heard much releases of of eight of Karakou um, songs for 2021. You know that is really sad. We people look forward for some of the releases that that comes out. So um, I I do believe that the authorities should go back to the drawing board and make something happen as it relates to Karakou carnival. It's not too late. I believe something could happen. And in going in going listen, COVID is here to stay. We have, this is the new norm. <clears throat> this is, um, this is what we have to live with. So we have to be creative in, in how and what we do. Yes. I'm sure there, I'm sure there will be Spice Mass 2021. They may not be a juve, but there'll be Spice Mass 2021 in scaling down the event. You know, I believe the same could have happened here in Karaku. and PT. Give, give us a carnival now that we, Dingoli and shikalek and do what we have to do. Karakwans are, are known generally to be well-behaved people. So you won't expect too much a bunch of, um, rebel-like behavior. But if they push us too much, I don't know what will happen. But I believe that we should, you know, free up the people a little bit. I don't expect us to be having juve and so forth. But there are certain activities that we can have that we could scale down. Free up the, free up the people and free up the culture.
1: Uh, last week on the Good Morning Grenada show, I spoke to a member of the Carnival Committee, Mr. Roberts, and he was uh, he mentioned that some of the vendors who look forward to this time of year, Kayak Mass, to Mika Likapang, choir as we call it, uh, they are really missing out on that. How much of a hit would this be economically for the residents, the people who look forward to this time of year, including the soca artists who have not released music or much music for the year? Big time. It
2: will, it, it will affect everybody. Everybody. It affects from the from the public from the taxi to the busmen to the vendors to the shopkeepers to the supermarkets owners. You just name it, it affects everybody. And I believe that certain things could have could have been done to still allow certain activities and events to take place. So the vendors and, and the taxi men and whoever and, and so on still make some money. May not be business as usual, but at least to generate some sort of income, especially our soccer artists and so on who look forward to to perform perform and to to make something something, um, for for Carnival. I mean, look, Independence celebration, we had Independence-Calypso competition. We could have had a Caraquan-Piti Martin Carnival-Calypso-Soca competition. It's not hard to do, it's not difficult to do, it's a virtual event. And in some cases, family members that live together could probably go to the, um, the venue and you, 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 you barricade them in this barricade, you know, or whatever the case may be, the vendors go there and the vendors selling their stuff. They may have an app or what have you that uh, so you have to sign into the app and see what you, if you need uh, some jack or some fried chicken and chips and you click it and you buy it and the, the vendor come and drop it for you. You just have to be creative, You're creative in how you do things nowadays. It's a new norm.
1: Maybe they're working behind the scenes. You never know. Um, what, advice, nah. <laughs> what advice can you give to our Soka artists? Um, because I guess because they know they may not get be getting revenue, they don't want to spend um, and go in a studio and, and, and expel yeah. that money that they're not yeah. sure they're going to get back. What advice can you give to our artists? Well, there's
2: two, there's two things I want to see. One, I, first, first and foremost, as it relates to Soka well, artists or artists, I think it's time that the authorities, whether it's government, promoters, whoever, start giving our artists the respect that they deserve. You can't expect an artist to go to the studio and spend thousands of dollars, let's say three, four, five thousand $5,000 to produce a song. I'm not too sure how much it is to produce a song. And then you end up paying them $1,500 as the, as, as the winner or as the second place um, um, placing second. It's not fair we if, if and then expect our artists to produce hit songs if you're not paying them accordingly how would you want them to go into the studio and pay for hit songs and produce hit songs so i believe that covid is an opportune time for us to revisit or review how much we pay our local artists so that they can now meet to that international stage. And mind you, we have some wonderful artists here in Kiaraquo and Pity that are on the international stage, but we want more to get there. And in order for them to get there, we must pay them some decent money when they perform, and they'll be able to produce hit song after hit songs. <clears throat> As it relates now to, to our artists, I will encourage them to... Organise yourselves, and if you need my help, I'm willing to give my service. Organise yourselves, get together with the business community the, and the, the diaspora, and see what you can do to have a virtual um, a virtual soccer contest, or however you want to put it. And let there be prize money, let there be camaraderie, and let, you know, so that you showcase your 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 skills and your talents. I believe it should be done. It must be done. And my advice to the carnival committee. It's not too late for us to showcase some of our, our, our culture, especially when it comes to the Calypso, the Soka, and most so the Shakespeare mask that a lot of people look forward to in Caracol around this time. It could be done virtually. You get the guys to come. Of course, usually, you know, they have this mask in their face so they could, so, you know, there's already adhering to the, the, the protocols. And of course, you, you limit the amount of people that could be around there. But of course, it's a virtual event. And who wants to see? Let them pay something. You have the, 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 to get the link. You pay something. You can't share the link. If you share the link, you'll be, you, you, you know, you're committing a criminal offence. And they, they commit to get a little money. And so, so I believe that is the way in which we should, we should, we should go. And that's just my suggestion. I believe that there are other people with even better suggestion than I do.
1: But I, I like your suggestion so far. Um, let's look now at representation of the Sister Islands. Uh, the parliamentary representative since the 2018, 2018 general elections, Kinja and Stewart. Let's look at her represent- representation of the Sister Isles um, and what she has done for the Karakou and P.G. Martinique over the past uh, two and a half, almost three years.
2: Well, <clears throat> what has Mrs. Mathurian Stewart Done for Caracom PDMatic for the last three years? <clears throat> I don't, I, I mean, some people may see some roads, but if I ever, if anybody catch Tevin Andrews praising any politician or any government minister for building a road, send me to, to uh, monkey. Something wrong with me. Because it is like you praising the ATM machine for your own money. You put those officials in office, and they ought to do those, those work. That's a responsibility to build roads and maintain to do this. It's like you going to London and hearing the people of London praising the mayor for, for, for stopping up a, a pothole or building some roads. You will never hear that. So I'm not praising any government minister for if they build like a 200-footer road or do a box dream. What is sad, though, is that after... All these years, Caracol and PT Matnig people still have to lie on the flow of the osprey to seek medical attention to Grenada, in Grenada. What is sad is that after all these years of identity representation in Caracol and PT Matnig, that even for some of the basic, basic medical needs, we have to travel to Grenada. That is unfair. We are leaving in the 21st century. There is a a, a, a hospital, a private hospital on Ireland that is willing to support, that is willing to partner with government. All that is needed is a public-private partnership. It is sad that after all these years that we still have to travel on a nine-seater, well, on a seven-seater. And some people are afraid of coming to Caracu on that board like playing the sea. It affects t- the tourism industry and many other things. You know, it is sad that the people of Pitimatic, the roads that the that they, that they, that they, the road condition, they don't have a, they don't have an island road to begin with, because Pitimatic does not have an island road one. And then the condition of the main road is a disaster. The jetty that the people of Pitimatic have to use to get to Karaku is also a trap. It's a travesty. It's a disaster waiting to happen. It's a time bomb waiting to happen. It's unfair. So they have to use up, they're using a private jetty, the private jetty almost to collapse. And the government jetty, the boat scanned off there because there's some damage that is done to it. And then the jetty that they have to use in Hillsborough, as Mr. Nimrod in Blessed Memory said, it's a time of waiting to happen because it's in a state. And the jetty in you know Winwood that they have to use to get up into Caraco is also in a deplorable state. And I can go on and on about all those issues that the people of Cairo and Piti have to face. And you see, what representation? Look, the people at Piti even have a fire truck in case of an emergency, a fire breakout. Not even a fire truck. The Grenade, they, 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 they took the fire truck from Piti come many years ago, and up to this day, they have not replaced it. And I'm hoping that they come, they bring back one. And when they bring back one, you know, I'll be there to chair to, 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 to with the people because the people are pretty mad deserve a fire truck, And even here in Karaku, our fire department is grossly underfunded and under-equipped. You had a fire recently in my community here and the fire truck took so long to come. Fire truck come, the, 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 no pressure in the hose, hose leaking, all kind of things. Firemen didn't know what they're supposed to do as far as I know. You had the residents. And thank God for the bravery of, of the residents and some of the truckmen that came with the pump and the hose to out the fire. Of course, by the time the house was gutted. But that's the situation that we face on the sister isle. And I believe in order to change those things, what is needed is proper representation. Proper representation, but more so local government. It is enshrined within the constitution of Grenada. Can't remember the section now that there shall be shall be local government for Car PD-MATNIC. Why is it after 47 years of independence, we ain't getting local government? That is unfortunate. So if I am elected as the member of parliament for Car PD-MATNIC, I will ensure that we get local government. And I will ensure that as it relates to healthcare, that we do a public-private partnership initiative with CHS, and the government but even taking it a step further by introducing the diaspora and getting the expert community of caraco to join in in that partnership because there's a lot of caracoans and grenadians and pt maticans in the diaspora that are trained in the medical field that works in the medical field in some of the biggest international, in biggest hospitals you you know about and is willing to assist whether it's with money with equipment with this with the skills and you have the expert community, the people that live here, that not necessarily from here, but live here, also willing to assist. That is the, that's what we need to do. And as it relates to the roads and so on in PT martinic listen, if we had proper representation, those things would have been done. It's unfortunate that what is happening now is a 200 feet of road is being done there, a 100 feet of road is being done there to please party supporters. <clears throat> Building a road directly to party supporters' home, and forgetting about the main road. That's what taking place. in Chicago, much, you know. I spoke some time ago on your program, Blossom, that somewhere in Lawrenceton, that the member of parliament built a fencing wall for a private individual with taxpayers' money under the special fund project, and saying that this is a box drain. And, and you have several other projects like that taking place. That's not taking place. These people that you have representing us here, they are more interested in votes. How can I get votes than how could we develop country? You're not interested about country. Because if you're interested about country, you're telling me Pt. Matic. after all these years, we're still in this, in, in this situation here? Yeah? You can't. <clears throat> when I look at Union Island, Myro and Bekwe, in the past, according to my mother and grandmother, those islands envied Carico and Pity It's the other way around today. It's the other way around today. And it's all because of poor representation. And the poor representation continues today. This member of parliament that we have is more interested in going on social media to cuss up people and to throw word for businessmen and, and people who are supporter. I see, I was so disappointed when I saw the member the member of Parliament <clears throat> throwing word for a man called Kimberly Mills. That's what I believe. When she said that, um, "Why ain't going to learn to walk properly? He has a problem with his with his walking. Why ain't going to learn to walk properly?" And she wished she'd get another twenty thousand dollars from him. Immediately, I guess somebody spoke to her, and she, and she and she and she took down the post, but never apologized. And then show word for another businessman, and then showing word for, she, for for anybody who, who who comes in her path. So when you, t- you can't talk about national unity, you can't talk about representation, and that's what we have for representation. That's not that's not, rep- that's not a representative. They're a they're represent They're not representative. They're people who are more interested in showing what for, 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 for people, in my view. So I'm disappointed in the level of development that is taking place in Caracol, the lack thereof. There's another piece of road that the, the, the motorists in Caracol complain about, right in front of the Ministry of Caracol and Pity the minister passing on it, the, the PS passing on it every day. It's a bad piece of road that starts from the shoemaker, the shoemaker there goes right up to the daycare by the ministry. That road needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed. And I could go on and on about all the problems in Caraku. What is needed, as I said, local government, a proper representation. I don't know if I should, can I continue? I want to stick on P.T. Matnik for a little bit.
1: Sure, sure. I'd love to hear about P.T. Matnik. Go ahead. Right.
2: P.T. Matnik. <clears throat> the people at P.T. Matnik are greatly disadvantaged, especially when it comes to the education system. The young people that have to stick that that, goes, that are in the advanced forms, Form 4, Form 5, and TamCC they have to stay a bit later back into the school because they have to, they have more no school work to do. Sometimes the, the classes, the extra classes finish about five, six o'clock. By that time, there is no boat to take the children up. The parents have to dig deep in their pocket to hire a boat to go to Piti, I think it's $80 or a hundred and something dollars, depending on what you take on the high season in the night the government, the member of parliament through her special, prod, special funds, the money that they get every month, or through the government, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, pay a boat to facilitate those students that come to Kairaku and have to leave later. And not only so students, but the work, the, the people who also are involved in the work, even though they have to pay something, but at least subsidize it so that the people are not stranded because PT Matnik is part of us, you understand? So I'm, I, I'm making a plea for the students, for the parents of PT Matnik who come to me, who send letters to me, who just sent a text to me saying, please address the situation, let something be done. Apart from that, the people of PT Matnik again is pleading with the authorities and I wish I could do something. As it relates to when they have to embark and disembark in the Wino area, they have to stand in the hot sun, in the rain and all other elements, there's no seat, there's no shelter, nothing. They're asking that even though there is a few stools and a tarpaulin, that the authorities could negotiate with the landowners around that area to put so that they have something that they can, they have something that they can sit on to wait for the ferry to take them up, or when they come out and they have to wait for the bus. So I'm pleading with the authorities, I'm pleading with the people, with with, with the powers that be, to do something about it. And assist the people at PT I addressed the public road already. Um, I'm hearing there's some issues as it relates to garbage collection in PT In the past, what used to happen is that they rotated the garbage collection. So everybody got a little blind, eat a little food as they see. But for the last 20 years, one gentleman has been in charge of that. One man. And apart from him being in charge of that, the gentleman is not retired. He retired and he's still doing it. So we're pleading with the authorities, listen. Let somebody else eat a blinder for twenty years. One man he retire. Let somebody else get something something to do. Cause there are other people that need to survive on the island too. So I thought I should address that 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 thing. The fire truck. I tell you, there's no fire truck on the island in P.T. Martin. But apart from no fire truck, blossom girl, yeah. <laughs> they come to P.T. Martin and take the the the, the um. <laughs> the police car, the only police car on NPD Martin going greater. Up to now, they bring back the police car. So whenever there is an emergency, you must see those police already running. They go and, and see how they have to deal with the, with the situation. Not even a motorbike. I am, I mean, I am, I, I don't know how, I'm sorry for what is happening in PD Martin. You know, I'm profusely sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. And, and so you and to know that we have a, a member of parliament and to know that they are claim that they're doing work and all these things is taking place over there I talked about the women jetty and the jetty already in the matnik the shelter yes and also the political interference this is something that has been happening now for some time both in caracou and in pt matnik the political interference within the ministry of and piti Matnik. As a matter of fact, the Ministry of Care not Pitymatic necess- is not viewed nowadays as the Ministry of Care and Affairs. It's now viewed as the NNP Affairs because pe- persons are hired or people are hired there that are doing political work or serving the interests of the Member Parliament and the NNP than the interests of the islands. And I'm concerned about that. I just thought I should lay, lay that out and let people know exactly what is happening. Um, the tractor. There is a tractor that was, I think the Chinese or some government gave track, uh, two tractors, tractors to, to Caracom, Company, Managing, and, Attila. Um, and about almost a year, a year and a half ago, almost two years, um, up to now, it is yet to be handed over or licensed or insured. Why? Because the member of parliament, the minister, is waiting for the, um, the right time around election time to go and make titivation, to say, hey, i delivering. Let's keep moving. I'm saying to the good lady, if another country handed over some equipment for the people of Pity and Karaku, you do your part by ensuring the tractor and the tiller. If you want to make your titivation and your move along, go ahead and do it. But hand over the equipment to the farmers so that they can do, they could plow up the land and they could do what they have to do. You know, all you all you're doing is just want to pose to score cheap political points and forgetting the farmers who are suffering. Even there's a tiller here in Kairuku that was handed over, and they're waiting for minister to pose with camera to see that minister doing something. That's nonsense. Hand over it to the farmers. I'm meeting with the farmers, and the farmers say, "Please, Mr. Andrews, you go in on GBN, raise it for us, because we're tired. We long we have to wait for the tiller. The tractor is not working in Karaku, and we have to pay hunting money to, for the tractor. And because the tractor have to, and that's a private tractor I'm talking about, because the private tractor has to plow so much people land, we are at a disadvantage. So tell the government the tractor that they have sitting there for the minister to go and pose." Around election time, let them do it now. They hand it over to the farmers so that the farmers have a tractor and a tiller to till up the soil so that they can be ready for the next planting season.
1: Four so- percent. GUT President Marvin Andrew says they are pressing the demands for the payment of the 4 percent salary increase. The fact is that the government, by deferring, is not saving a cent, because all it is doing is putting itself into more debt, because in the end it will have to find the money to pay retroactively and then come 2022, it will have to find an additional 4% upon the 4% owed this year to put on. So there is no economic or financial benefit for the government to defer the payment. According to the union boss, there will be no retreat, no surrender. The government has indicated by its conduct that it can find money for anything that it really wants to find money for. And we insist... That just as you, it was possible to find money, and we didn't say, the government said that it was from its own coffers, we believe that it can find the money to pay the full percentage. Other trade unions registered their support for the teachers. The Grenada Technical and Allied Workers Union also represented a segment of public sector workers who were also demanding the payment of the increases. President Andrew Lewis says the government is probably taking the matter lightly, but not so with this union. Very simple. That the workers must be respected respected and collective
0: agreements must be respected. The government can find millions of dollars to pay WRB based on their reckless behavior. But they are refusing blatantly to honor the collective agreement. It's time for them to pay up. Here now is Miss Claudia Joseph on the proposed social fund as mentioned by the Prime Minister on Independence Day.
3: Good afternoon to you, Terry, and good afternoon to all of the listeners of the NDC Heartbeat program, and as as always, it's good to be here once more speaking to the people of Grenada on matters of national interest and in relation to which the NDC feels we must comment. And today I would like to comment on the announcement made by Prime Minister Mitchell during his independence day address at the stadium last week where he announced the establishment of a social fund into which he urged all grenadians who are working every working grenadians every working grenadian rather sorry to contribute to this fund um we in the ndc agree that there are a lot of people suffering in Grenada as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, we are surprised that Prime Minister Mitchell has taken so long to publicly acknowledge the extent of the suffering that is taking place in Grenada. We have been aware of this for quite some time. As you know, we started our own national care initiative in april last year um, where we handed out throughout the constituencies over a thousand hampers we gave out over 500 lunches to children in school when the school feeding program was on suspension and we made over 700 masks And among other things we did under the care initiative, which is ongoing. So we are quite aware of the extent of the adverse impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. There are some people who have not worked for about a year now, lost their jobs and have not earned for about a year. And we find that to date, our government has been in serious dereliction of its duty to take care of our people. So, Prime Minister Michel announced this social fund. Now, we are quite skeptical about this fund and we wonder whether it is not just another gimmick to put it bluntly now we encourage our people those who are faring better than your neighbors and your friends and your brothers and sisters to of course be generous and help out those most in need but we are very reluctant to encourage people, our workers in Grenada, to contribute to this social fund. What we would say you do is that you contribute directly to people who are in need, or you find reputable community-based organizations and agencies to make contributions to. And they will disperse to the most needy in our communities. And this message we send out to our brothers and sisters, the diaspora as well. We say this for good reason, for very good reason. First of all, this is not the first time such a fund has been announced. And then we hear nothing about it, no accounting, No transparency. After Hurricane Ivan struck in 2004, a hurricane relief fund was announced and set up by the then NNP administration. And substantial funds were received into that um, account. We could reasonably say so, because of the extent of the damage caused by Hurricane Ivan, To the best of our knowledge in the NDC, there has been no accounting, or there was no accounting, in relation to that Hurricane Relief Fund set up in 2004. We do not know what happened to the funds that went in there. Um, We do not recall any report in any of the budget speeches of the Minister of Finance between 2004 and now in relation to that Hurricane Ivan Relief Fund. So nothing has happened. More recently, in April 2020, a COVID relief fund was set up and announced and advertised at home and abroad including by some of our embassies and we are to expect that some resources were received into that covid relief fund to date as far as we know there has been no accounting in relation to monies received into that fund as a matter of fact July or so 2020 there were reports in the media about Canadian communities in the diaspora contributing to that COVID relief fund we have heard nothing more we don't know what disbursements were made from that fund Um, we just don't know and now we have a social fund. Now, One of the things I want to say to you, Terry, and to the listeners, is that when the COVID relief fund was set up in 2020, and that fund was administered by members of the government, now we have a social fund announced with nothing said of what has become of the COVID relief fund that was set up last year so now it's a social fund and interestingly one of the accounts mentioned as an account into which people can contribute to this new social fund is the same account number as the covid relief fund from last year so we have two separate funds announced a social fund and a covid relief fund Now, these things um, do not make for, for comfort for potential donors because there must be transparency. Now, there's another reason why we say to our people that you should help those who I need, but you should do so through Reputable non governmental agencies and directly where you can. Is this if we need to set up such a fund, the bulk of the funding should not come from the ordinary working Grenadians who face hardship, economic hardship every day we live it we know it we are who are here working we help each other every day we help out people already every day in addition to which in april last year the prime minister announced a covid relief stimulus package And there has been no proper accounting in relation to how much exactly was donated and to whom. I saw one report somewhere where where it was announced that 7,000 people benefited. But when the figures, the breakdown of the figures in terms of businesses, busmen, whoever, you know, hospitality, arts workers, it wasn't adding up. The numbers weren't adding up to anywhere near 7,000. So we have not had proper reporting on the stimulus package that was announced last year. Um, That's one. Two, workers are being deprived of their contractually due increment, salary increases, their 4% salary increases that they are contractually entitled to. They are being deprived without justification of that money. Workers had their salaries docked illegally and are still battling in the courts with the government to get back their money. That was docked illegally because they exercise their right to engage in industrial action. Workers who retire are forced to retire into poverty because again government unlawfully is withholding their pension that is protected by law the constitution no less added to that flour and its related products are expected to be increased very shortly cooking oil and connected products have already increased and we are seeing daily when we go into the supermarket the price of goods increasing but salaries are not so we are already strapped here's what the ndc suggests to the prime minister and his cabinet. After giving us a true and proper report and account of the monies that have so far been received into the COVID relief fund, have this new social fund derive monies from the following sources. One Yourselves, in about 2014, Prime Minister Mitchell announced that he was worth then about $19 million. We suspect reasonably that it could be more now. Some time has passed and he could have acquired some more wealth. So, Prime Minister, we are asking you to lead by example. And contribute a few millions of your $19 million to start that social fund. And have your colleagues who are well off do the same. Your colleagues who are not so well off can start by giving back the 11% salary increase they've taken since 2013. The 11% that we know of. They can also start by offering to give up the monies they save when they get free gas at the gas station. And there are some other perks they they can offer to give up. Two the funds received into the National Transformation Fund from the sale of our passports, those funds belong to the people of Grenada. So tapping to the National Transformation Fund and use some of the funds derived from the sale of our passports to bring relief to our people who need it so badly. Next. The NDC suggests, Mr. Prime Minister, that you source funds, you tap into the wealthy, the wealthy investors who benefit from our resources and in relation to whom we are yet to see much benefit coming back to us. In that regard, we speak of GPG, Global Petroleum Group that group that has all our oil and gas resources and so far we haven't had any oil money, tap into them. Tap into the group, whoever they are, who now own our several hundred acres at Mount Hartman. These are the sources we say, Mr. Prime Minister, you should tap into for this social fund to help those most in need. We do not think it is right. We do not think it is conscionable to be asking our regular, ordinary, working people to deposit monies into that fund. One, there's no guarantee that those monies, if the major sacrifice is made and they are deposited, we have no guarantee that there would be any accounting and transparency given what has happened in the past with the Ivan Fund and the COVID Fund from last year. We don't know what has happened with those. And secondly, there are other more lucrative sources that we in the NDC say can easily be tapped into. And this is what we commend to you, Mr. Prime Minister. Show that you care show that you are a man of vision because what we see in here is somebody who's run out of ideas who has no idea what to do next in a difficult situation. So these are the recommendations we make to you. This is what the NDC would do if we were in your position in terms of tapping into resources. Thank you very much, Terry.
0: Here now are comments which I offered uh, regarding the Saturday morning blackout of electricity.: I wish to comment on the Saturday morning blackout of electricity throughout most of Grenada. This, indeed, was a very shocking reminder of the days where we experienced what was then known as load shedding. In the last sitting of Parliament, when the Greenleck matter was debated, Minister Bowen did in fact alluded to the possibilities that we may experience load shedding in the very near future. And he went on to accuse WRB of not investing the requisite funds in maintaining the engines which produced our electricity. I don't think Grenadians were mentally prepared for such an early shock of load-shedding this Saturday morning, yesterday. Furthermore, with the shutdown of major entities such as SGU, major hotels, the Poincelene International Airport to a great extent, and other entities not consuming electricity supply, puts a very small demand on Grenlick at this point in time. So I'm saying this to say that if the country's demand for electricity is reduced significantly and you have to commence load shedding, then one must ask the question as to how you intend to meet even just the reduced demand on a sustained basis and indeed, one must ask how you intend to meet the uptake demand when normalcy is returned. This is indeed a very worrying situation and therefore leads one to ask the question as to the wisdom in having pursued the purchase of the controlling shares of Grenlick and to what end. Also, We can forget about reduced electricity rates as expressed recently. The public must be aware that because of the amendments made to the Electricity Supply Act in 2016 by government, that action triggered a clause in the 1994 purchase agreement which mandated the offending party, which is government, to buy back the shares at the agreed price per share under the terms of the purchase agreement contract. Now, as a result of government's action in 2016, WIB-Grenlake naturally took government to the International Centre for Settlement Investment Disputes, whereupon government, being the defendant or respondent, lost the case as most persons in Grenada expected, and the judgment was awarded in favor of W.R.B. Grenleck in March of last year. The public must therefore understand that government did not obtain any victory over the court matter as alluded or expressed, but rather was forced on the law to pay W.R.B. Grenleck some over 200-plus million dollars, inclusive of legal fees on both sides, accounting fees on both sides, and court fees on both sides in settlement of the entire matter. The question, therefore, is why didn't government embrace the offer extended by Gwenelec recently to sit down and find a solution, notwithstanding the fact that WRB won the case. That offer was refused and government proceeded to burden the country's scarce financial resources to meet the court's judgment of payment, failing which, the country's income would have been frozen through the local, regional, and international banks and our country would have faced a blacklisting and put into serious financial embarrassment locally, regionally, and internationally. The question, therefore, is, why did you pursue this agenda when you knew, as you had claimed, that the company was not reinvesting enough so as to maintain the upkeep of the engines? The answer, therefore, lies in a 26-year-old agenda expressed over and over that you will take back the company and reduce electricity rates. Now, this notion that we were the most expensive country in the region for electricity rate has been proven to be false. And furthermore, you had confirmed that you are not able to reduce the rates. So where are we? Almost back to the 1980s where load shedding was the order of the day. The NDC therefore urges the government to come clean with the people of Grenada on the wasteful investment of this over $200 million, which to date we don't know where it came from, at a time when we can also least afford it. And finally, we wish to recommend that the government must commence talks with Trinidad and Tobago for the possibility of constructing an underwater electricity supply line, as already existing elsewhere in the world with other countries, as a means of truly obtaining cheaper electricity. We also need to look at pursuing solar energy, wind energy, wave energy and other such renewables rather than fighting a losing battle. I thank you in this matter. Thank you ladies and gentlemen for being part of the program and I sure look forward to having you next week again.